0: for dropping by the private suite podcast interview series today I'm joined by Alan he runs core Respect records how are you Alan welcome to the show
1: I'm doing pretty well uh, thank you very much
0: no problem man what'd you get up to today
1: just work they've let us out early again because of the uh, another tornado warning so I have nothing else to do this evening than to sit here and chat with you and your listeners <laughs>
0: <laughs> that sounds like a whole lot to do. But that's crazy about the tornadoes, man.
1: Oh, yeah. It's it's nuts.
0: You were telling me a little a story about your street and how it got hit a little bit.
1: Oh, yeah. That was, that was back when I lived in uh, Hermitage, Tennessee, which is a suburb of Nashville. And uh, we had a tornado come through. And thankfully, we had a, a basement. And down in the basement, there was one small enclosed area so we both huddled in there and waited for the the sound of the freight train to dissipate Holy shit! and uh, when we went outside uh you know we had to look around the property to make sure everything was okay and everything was perfectly fine nothing had been nothing had been touched everything was in place and then we happened to look across the street and the apartment complex which had up until about five minutes previous uh been our neighbor was gone the the entire uh, apartment complex was completely obliterated jesus and yeah it was it was really it was really kind of a dystopian moment when you just kind of sit there and you just look at the just the amount of damage that can be inflicted in such a short period of time and with such force as a tornado It's, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. I also lived in Moore, Tennessee um, when the Moore tornado came through uh, earlier this decade, I think it was 2013. But uh, in that case, that was even a scarier closer call because it was only a mile. We were only a mile away from the tornado's path, but it was, it was huge. It was enormous. It was an EF5 and it was, um, you know, it, it was really amazing that we, that we didn't get wiped out.
0: Yeah, well, Jesus Christ, man. I don't know what that's like. <laughs> like living in Toronto. There's there's no weather. Oh, it's like catastrophes of any kind. It's I don't know, man.
1: Yeah, that's why they call it Tornado Alley, but uh yeah, so the weather the weather in May to early June is is kind of interesting, shall we say. Yeah, every year. Yeah, but no, I'm I'm doing good tonight. I'm, you know, I'm I'm not worried too much. Um and I'm just chilling.
0: Me too. It's great to be talking to you.
1: It's nice to be talking to you as well.
0: I'm very excited, man. I love Chorus Spec Records. So just a little intro on that. Um, it's a Future Funk label, or at least for the most part, it might be a one record on there. That's uh, a little different. And you also you, you have another label in the works um, that you've done a, a bit of work uh, publicly on, and that's... Uh,
1: yeah, I um as I as I got Coruspec started initially, I wasn't uh I mean, the first album was an experiment. The first album was me going to uh a few future funk artists and going, Hey, I've got this crazy idea. I'd like to press a record for you. Let me know if you're interested. And so the you know, the first response I got back was from uh Exi, mm. And he said, This sounds crazy, let's do it. And so I said, Cool. Um, so at the time, my goal was to get was to get a record pressed, so I really wasn't quite sure where the direction was going to go. But as as things moved along, Corset kind of established itself as a mostly like future funk slash new disco label. Um, but there's a lot of electronic projects that I'd like to get either on tape or a vinyl if the if the market's there for it of step that doesn't quite fit into that mold because course people are kind of at the point now where if a new core spec release comes out, they kind of have an idea of what they're going to get. Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, with a label like Avant, I, I want to go kind of all over the place. The real, really the only um, condition I have on anything released on it is it has to be at least 50% electronic. Okay, But apart from that, it's, it's a wide, I mean, it's a wide open field It's basically just anything that, that catches my ear and makes me say, Hey, I'd like to, I'd like to get that into people's hands.
0: Mm -hmm, For sure. Now that's awesome that you got, you worked with Evie.exi on the first release because he's such an amazing artist, you know, like what other kinds of submissions did you get? Like it, was it that type of caliber for the most part, or was it a gradation? Um, actually, at the beginning,
1: the only thing I had was uh, was his album. When he said yes, let's go, I had contacted a few other artists, and I didn't hear back from any of them. Uh, you know, of course, I can understand that. You know, someone that is coming out of the blue and saying, "Hey, I've got the cra- this crazy idea. Can I make you a record?" In light of a lot of the shenanigans that have gone on in uh, vaporwave physicals. You know, I'm sure I probably came off sounding a little bit crazy. So I don't, I I don't put it, I don't, you know, I don't fault them for, for not responding to me, but I think I could probably maybe talk them into something at some point, at least I hope so. <laughs> um, one artist in particular that I would really like to put something out on would be, and I'm, I know I'm going to, I know I'm going to strangle the the name cause I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it, but Sundara Alley, mm. uh, be, mainly because and this will, I'm sure, will come up later in the interview. It was really one of the first songs that kind of just grabbed me by the lapels and said, "Hey, you need to listen to this." Uh, so I think I'd I'd like to, I'd like to at some point maybe at least put out a single. Mm-hmm. So that would be fun,
0: maybe on a lab. Um, but
1: yeah, that that that's very possible as well. I've I've been looking into that. I'm trying to find one with. I'm trying to find the best sound quality I can on them because For sure. one of the things I one of the things I told myself was I'm not gonna cut I'm not gonna cut corners and if I find myself having to cut corners, I'm not gonna do it. So I want to find one that meets my standards before I, I start doing those. But yeah, there's 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 some some other uh lathe cuts I want to do as well. Uh I've got a lot of ideas. the Only problem is I don't have enough money. <laughs> So I just have to
0: take it as it goes. Yeah, one thing at a time, right? But yeah, that that, that exactly. would be fun to get a single. Uh, I also want to say, uh, I, I want to start off the show sort of by just saying thank you to you, Alan, and showing my gratitude because you are probably the most sincere person in the Vaporwave community that I see online, like on your Twitter. It's so wholesome and <laughs> and positive and heartwarming and it, uh, it's just i think it really keeps people going like i saw one post uh, i'm not sure how recent it was but it was pretty simple it was just like don't give up i believe in you good night or something <laughs> just like
1: that's you got it exactly right was that
0: it oh shit yeah you got it you got it done oh, pat
1: yeah i just I can't tell you how much joy um being a part of this community and running the label has been for me um future funk came into my life at a time when i was really at the bottom uh i had a lot of things that were weighing me down and and i was really having difficulty getting from one day to the next and um, I actually came across Future Funk for the first time in Second Life.
0: Oh, nice! Um, <laughs> there, I actually, used to play Second
1: yeah, Life. There are actually a lot of really good DJs. Yeah. Oh, oh, did you? Excellent. Um, but uh, I happened to just teleport to a random club, and I came in, and as I, you know, I sat my avatar down and turned on the audio stream, and it was almost like somebody had come up behind me, was rubbing my shoulders, and say, "Hey, everything is going to be all right. Put your worries for a put your worries aside for a while, and let this music teleport you back to your teenage years." Which it is for me because I'm I'm probably one of the oldest people in the scene. I'm fifty two years old. Um, I've been involved with music as as Long as I can remember, I can't remember a, a point in my life that hasn't been, you know, saturated with with music of of some sort.
0: Mm-hmm. Crazy,
1: but I really, I really appreciate that because I, I am mean, everything that I do present, and um, I mean, it's a hundred percent genuine. I, I, I am just absolutely amazed at the talent and and the cohesion in the community. It has its problems from time to time, but it seems to sort them out. And there's just so much positivity in the artists and in their music. And I, I, am just, I'm absolutely thrilled to be a part of this. I kind of came into this. One of my ideas was if this is successful, I want to approach the label from the standpoint of an archivist, you know, somebody who Mm. uh, puts some of this away. So, you know, at some point, uh, one of a future musicologist or somebody studying music uh, decides to go back and uh, research this particular point in musical history um there'll be some some material there for them to fall back on as well as uh you know when you know when the people who are in the scene now get you know get married or or have kids or whatever at some point they can pull those out and say hey this is what I was into mm-hmm. and the cycle will repeat and who knows what'll who knows what'll what'll inspire that generation musically based on you know based on what the artists are doing right now
0: yeah i care a lot about uh preserving media in general like digital media um and you were mentioning a little bit just to go back a little bit uh that Uh future funk kind of helped you out of a difficult place and i was wondering if you if we could talk a little bit more about that for a second like why do you think you know you said it's you know connected you with your childhood but um, you know, is it just the nostalgia that helped you out? Like, did you, were you into anime a lot? Like, or maybe not all future funk is anime based, but what about your childhood connected you with future funk specifically?
1: Oh, well, de- definitely the R and B and funk that I grew up with, uh, as well as disco. I I got to live through the, you know, I was, I was young at the time, but I did get to live through disco and that was I mean that was a lot of fun. I think what it did for me, I mean apart from just the absolute infectiousness of it, I mean there's no I mean it it, it I think Pad put it put it perfectly in the video that he did when he said you you take all of the the best parts of the song and you concentrate them and so basically the song is just that thing that gives you the best feeling and then just continues to give it to you. But I do think like in some people, you know, was some people who didn't grow up in the eighties or early nineties who listen to vaporwave and, and say that they feel nostalgia for something that they never experienced. For me, I, I did experience it. So it does allow me to, it has it's unlocked a lot of memories I had completely forgotten. Nice. And yeah. And it's, so it's, 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 it's like medicine to me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, to help, you know, share and spread the love because as you were saying with you know, digital platforms, at some point most of them go away. And you know, and Bandcamp doesn't really give you the option to do any type of bulk download. So there's you know, I, I doubt that there's many Bandcamp uh people with a large library who have actually physically downloaded everything in their library. So if something were to happen to Bandcamp, there goes that. But you know, a, a cassette will last a bit longer, an LP will last a, a lot longer. And so that music can continue to bring joy to others even after the digital platforms have come and gone.
0: That's that's a really nice way to put it. Um, so yeah, just once again, thanks for being such a positive vibe in the community. It's nice to, well, it's nice to be around. Um, and you mentioned a little bit there about cassettes lasting a little while. How long would you say a cassette kind of lasts? Is it like 50 years maybe? Or well,
1: Actually, I think um, I think with the amount of care that collectors in this scene are giving to their collections, I, I honestly think that they could probably, they would probably be perfectly playable in 60 years or more if the equipment is still, you know, available and or serviceable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that, um, you know, I do think that some, some music fans in the future are going to be pleasantly surprised by what they find.
0: Yeah, some relics. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I I always thought it was the kind of the half life of the 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 metal sort of like the.
1: Yeah, I'd have to check. The sound quality might degrade a bit, but again, if you keep them in a, a cool, dry place, and most importantly, you rewind them or fast forward them to the end when you're done. Yeah, you. Sh- I mean, they they will definitely they'll they'll definitely last your lifetime for sure
0: and why should people rewind or you know bring their tapes to the to the end or the beginning
1: because the uh the oxide if left exposed uh can tend to warp the tape at a point um the uh, most tapes that you find will actually have a colored leader at the beginning and that's there to uh, that's there to protect the tape. But yeah, I mean, if it's just a, if it's just a day or so, but if you're putting your tapes away, if you're putting them in safekeeping, definitely make sure to rewind them all, you know, be kind, rewind applies to cassettes as well as VHS.
0: Not everybody knows that kind of stuff. So apparently, you know, a lot about analog media.
1: And I've had a lot of cassettes that I've left, uh, half rewound, uh, and regretted it later. Oh no. Uh, like, yeah, I've, I've found some live recordings that I, recorded about 20 years ago and um there are some spots in them that are that are bad now because of that damn i mean really i mean i'd have to do i'd have to do some some real surgery to them to to reduce the the um
2: Mm -hmm.
1: the the problems that the tape had as a result of being you know having having a section of it exposed for 20 years
0: right right i didn't know that myself um, although it just makes sense to sort of to do it so you can play it at the beginning next time you wanna put it in. Oh yeah, definitely. But uh yeah. So a, and you said live recordings, so you are a musician as well? Um,
1: I I think I would probably put my myself I would describe myself probably similarly, and this is gonna sound really pretentious, but he put it best, you know, when when Brian Eno says he's not a musician i i i have released um i've released several albums quite some time ago it's been a bit since i've um, written or recorded anything new hopefully that'll change but uh, i used to also have a public access uh cable tv show in nashville that uh, that Uh, basically I went to the all ages punk shows every weekend and set up my camera and filmed. And then I would uh, go back and edit them together into
0: weekly shows. That's really cool, man. Damn. Do you still have any of that footage?
1: I actually, actually I do. I have, I have, I think I still have the first four episodes and I've got them on a VHS tape. I've, at some point, I'm gonna I'm gonna digitize them and put them online. But yeah, they were the the equipment that I had to work with was not that good. So the editing is is I mean it looks it looks public access, but some of the performances <laughs> were great. Well, one
2: of the like artists it. that I
1: actually you know, one of the one of the artists I actually got to um, videotape and broadcast was Wesley Willis. I'm not sure if you're familiar I, with him.
0: No, I'm not actually.
1: He was a yeah he was a musician who he was actually. Um, he was a He was a homeless guy with uh, schizophrenia mm. who found a way to deal with his demons by writing and performing music. Uh, the only thing being that he tends to shout the words uh into the microphone, and the background music is generally one of two uh consumer grade keyboard preset type things. okay. I would really recommend if if you're not familiar with Wesley Willis, um, but you are a fan of outsider music, I would, I would really recommend uh, checking him out. I know that some of his albums are on um, Spotify and I know that there's a lot of his material on YouTube as well, but he was a, he was a, a, he was a really big hearted guy that just had so many inner demons that he had to, to deal with. And he had a very, I mean, his, his very basic form of performance. Uh, I mean, yes, some would come thinking that, you know, coming for the, you know, the quote unquote freak show, but he had a lot of very devoted, very loving fans. In fact, Zico Yoshi, um, you might know on, on Twitter. I mean, who can't know him? He's, he's probably one of the, he's probably one of the bubbliest people I know uh, in the scene. Um, but, uh, he's a big fan. And so I, um, i sent him some audio from that particular show in fact i'll i'll send that to you as well afterwards so you can get a chance to, to to find out what his shows were really like but um and i don't know how i got on this subject but um but yeah i like strange music
0: <laughs> yeah that's wicked man so uh what made you want to start correspect initially
1: um, well, that actually goes back to the early nineties. Um, I was still working in music retail at the time and I was the 12 inch buyer for the store. So every week I was on the phone with New York and Miami, uh, New York, uh, LA and Miami and you know, picking up and sampling the new releases that had come in that week and then ordering up for Uh, for the store. Mm. Uh, We were really in competition at the time with tower records for, you know, availability of of fresh 12 inch stuff. But at that time I was seeing all these independent artists that were putting out their own material. And I thought, you know, I'd really, really like to do that. And right about the time when I was starting to get financially capable of doing it in like the, you know, 93, 94, that's when, you know, vinyl and cassette started to decline in sales um, because of the CD. And so I kind of thought at that point, well, that opportunity's gone. But with the resurgence of vinyl, um, I I hadn't really thought about it until I had discovered Future Funk to say, you know, hey, that that dream you have may still be alive. <laughs> and so um, I still I had some money left over from some low-level Bitcoin investing I had done. Um, I didn't lose any money, and I managed to pay off two credit cards with it. But with the money I had left over. Um, I started course back and that paid for the pressing of remember, uh, this time last year, actually, it's been, it's been right about one year. Nice, man.
0: Oh, well, yeah, that's crazy. You've come a long way in one year.
1: Yeah. I mean, I had no idea. And in fact, um, I had no intentions at the beginning to, to do cassettes and I had planned to be strictly a, uh, one vinyl at a time, you know, release one, sell it, release it, and sell it.
0: Um, And and then
1: I started to get addicted to cassettes again.
0: Yeah. Did you release the Remember tape by EV.EXI at the same time as the the vinyl? Or was that a Um, bit after?
1: Let me think. I think we did the cassettes. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. My brain is failing me.
0: I think I own
1: both. Pretty close Um, to each other. Um, but yeah, the, the cassette definitely did come after because we didn't discuss a cassette at all initially. Um, but since the vinyl did really well and since it never, uh, received, uh, the initial release on tape through future society, uh, I went ahead and said, Hey, let's do this. Nice. And that sold completely out. We ordered 120 of those and they were gone in no time. The EVEXI cassette was the biggest run of cassettes that I've done so far.
0: Hmm nice that's no, a great great album man if you haven't heard that album definitely check it out um and uh, one of my favorite releases of yours is the Hiro tadamatsu uh, neo kobe night selecta or nightly selecta that tape oh, yes. is so freaking nice just the aesthetic of it well it's an amazing tape as well the music but um i just i love it man with all the little intricate details that's those are my favorite things about tapes yeah
1: cassettes cassettes are so much fun to design and that's one of the things that's gotten me hooked on cassettes is you basically have two you have two palettes to work with the j card and your pet either your your pad prints which are the directing print on the plastic of the cassette or the labels and i have had an incredible amount of fun um designing or, you know, uh, designing or assisting, assisting in the design of the various cassette jackets. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, Yeah. The, the, the Sui Uzi cover uh, that was entirely, um, that was entirely done with consultation from the artist and the uh, picture art that's on the front is from an artist named Flammy, who's also in the scene.
0: Nice. That's a heartbreak beat by Sui Uzi. Yes. Just for those who haven't heard it.
1: Yeah. Uh the the thing that the thing that um attracted me to Soyuzi's music initially was the fact that it seemed to go a more melancholic route uh yeah. in a style of future funk. And it was something that something I hadn't heard and it and it really it really kinda spoke to me. It kinda it kinda took me back to the eighties because back in the eighties I was listening to um, you know, the Smiths and, and things of that nature. I was kind of a, I was kind of a mopey teen. So it, it kind of, it, it I think it, it was one of the albums or one of the, the the songs that led up to the creation of the album that, that were, you know, unlocking some of those um, high school memories for me. Right. Um, so, so I had uh, looked around and, and, you know, made sure that nobody was already, you know, releasing a cassette by, by, uh, by him and so I contacted him and said, Hey, I have this idea. Um, I'd like to take, uh, I'd like to curate a, a compilation of songs from your various projects. Uh, you know, and of course give you the final approval on it. And so we worked it out together and, you know, ultimately we swapped out a slow, a slow version of a song for a faster version of a song and, and one other track, but it's still one of my favorite Beginning to end releases on Coruspect. It's just, it's just really nice to listen to, and 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 I'm I'm really proud of it.
0: It's a great release. It was very popular. It got a a, a reissue, right?
1: Yeah, it uh, it got pressed two times. The first uh, six hours that it went on sale, it sold out, and that. Ooh. I was not expecting that. I was expecting that it would sell well, but I didn't know how much interest there was in in a physical release uh, from Soyuzi. So uh, I was on the phone with uh, the Canadian duplication plant the next day going, Hey, I need some more of these. And uh, it allowed me to do something that I kind of wanted to do was to create collectibles, but not create unobtainables if that makes sense. Yeah. So I'm, I'm totally, I'm totally game to repress any, uh, you know, to re-release anything if the, if the interest is there, but, uh, the subsequent release will be slightly different. For instance, on the first release of Sui Uzi, it was red print on a black cassette and on the second pressing it's black print on a red cassette. Cool. So
0: yeah. Neat man. Yeah. It's, it's a great, uh, great thing you're doing. You have a lot of tapes on there now. And vinyl too.
1: And vinyl too. And uh, one coming. Um, it's been pushed back a little bit. We're looking at possibly mid June now, Ooh. but um, can't say too much about it yet. Um, some people know. And if you know, don't spoil it for others, but uh, it's going to be big. Nice. It's going to be really
0: big. Sweet. <laughs> and you put out Fibers 810, right? That's correct, yes. Um, how did you connect with him?
1: I uh, actually connected with him through uh, through EV and so um, as we were working the album together, um, I started to get to know some people in the scene and one of the first people I met was Alex and uh, in talking with him, I discovered what an accomplished producer he is yeah and so I asked him I, I asked him if he would be willing to uh, master the release for vinyl. And so he did an incredible amount of research, um, into vinyl mastering and I don't think he did badly. That first album just, just knocked my socks off when I got the test pressings. I, I couldn't, I didn't, didn't think, I, I didn't think it could possibly sound that good. And, and it exceeded my expectations.
0: It's freaking good. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, um, You know, over the course of of things, I started to talk to uh, Alex Fiber about uh, releasing 8.10 in a new version uh, with additional tracks and new artwork. And so um, with the confidence I had in releasing that, I I took it on myself to do a three format release. So right now, the only release that it has has had uh, a vinyl Cassette and CD release has been fiber, yeah. and it did tremendously well. Um, You know, everybody loved it, and that just that made me that made me really happy because it's that second it's that second album when everybody's paying attention, going, "Okay, was that just a fluke, or can you, yeah. or can you, you <laughs> knock out of the park again?"
0: <laughs> everybody's so critical at that point, yeah. And so it, we
1: did have we we did have some quality control issues, um, Mm. with one case of vinyl and that, that vinyl, um, vinyl actually went missing. Um, we had a 10 case shipment come and only nine of them arrived. We never found that other case. So there's actually fewer copies than we had originally planned. Um, but yeah. Um, and it wasn't, the pressing plant's problem, but they really went the extra step and they credited me for the uh, missing vinyl. And so they've been so good to me uh, on the first two releases that um, I had said, you know, of course we're going to go with with standard vinyl again. Nice. And they're really great people. If you're looking to do an album, um, you're really going to be hard pressed to find people as nice as them uh, who are willing to go the extra mile for you.
0: Standard vinyl.
1: Standard vinyl in Vancouver, British Columbia.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll check them out.
1: Yeah, they're the same label that released the uh, Blank Banshee or pressed the blank, bang, blank Banshee albums for Hologram Bay. Nice. Yeah.
0: That's a good indication of quality there. Mm-hmm. And it's just nice to work with nice people that care about your, your work, you know, your product.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, they've, they've been, they've been exceptional. In fact, because there were some issues on the last release, they brought on an additional associate for this upcoming release and they both love, it. they've listened to it several times and they said that they, they, they're, they're really excited for the label as well. Um, so I can't, I really can't wait to get that out.
0: Nice man. Uh, it's good to hear. Yeah. (laughs) So I was doing some research, on you on Choruspect and I saw that you actually have a Mixcloud page and I took a listen to some of the music on there and I was wondering well, what is it from and what do you post on there?
1: Oh, well, I uh, I had run a Mixcloud prior to uh, Choruspect and it was uh, mostly 80s underground electronic um. Yeah. Since I've moved over and started and sporadically doing uh and uh mixed cloud shows and I, I really need I've got one that's that's finished. I'm just looking for that one track to end it. Um but almost all the music that I've I've done on the show so far has has come from my musical past. So pretty much everything you're hearing was 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 part of my Uh, Playlist at some point in my life.
0: Oh, that's wicked! I'll definitely check it out again then. Yeah, it certainly sounds different, but it wasn't bad. I was digging it. Awesome.
1: (laughs) Uh, But I definitely do. uh, I definitely do want to. do a um like a future funk new disco show that's going to require me to uh get back on the bicycle and start practicing my mixing skills because they are very out of date
0: and would you mix with actual vinyl records or
1: um right now i don't have a lot of equipment so it would it would mostly be it would mostly be just using software. Yeah. But I want to now that I've got the space, I definitely do want to get some proper gear. Yeah, some turntables uh, in there. The yeah.
0: yeah. I, I just, got one I figured you would but just because uh you're so into the analog stuff and have been for so long. Yeah,
1: it's 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 nice. I I I I got out of record collecting for a while. There's kind of a sad story. Um when I moved from phoenix where i was born to nashville It was in the middle of the summer and i didn't want to transport my record collection which was pretty substantial at the time it was about it was several thousand pieces of vinyl a lot of it uh promotional stuff that i had picked up from working in the record store so i asked a friend of mine to hold them for me until i could come and collect them uh and unfortunately when i came back in the spring uh, his wife had decided she was tired of having them around and sold them. Are you
0: fucking serious, man?
1: I am absolutely serious. Uh, I think he said she made like a hundred and fifty dollars.
0: Are you? F- I'm For a second, not I you. thought you were going to say one hundred and fifty thousand. I was going to be all right, all right, dude. Uh, I- yeah.
1: <laughs> so it's it's only been in the past. Few years that I've started building up a vinyl collection again, and I, I don't in- intend on having anything as big as I used to have. I'm, I'm a lot more selective now, and uh, I'd say eight of the last ten releases that I've picked up have all been, you know, Future funk or Vaporwave, and that's not counting the stuff that I get for two bucks at the Salvation Army. <laughs> yeah,
0: crazy man! I can't believe that happened.
1: Yeah, it took me a long. I'm. I'm you can never really get over something like that, yeah. but. I've I've done my best to make my peace with it. It just breaks my heart every so often when I hear a song and then remember that I had that on, you know, some, some hard to get edition. you know, it just breaks my heart, but
0: yeah, man, exactly. At some point you just got to let it go. I don't want to dwell on it. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) Not a problem. Yeah. (laughs) So where did, the name Correspect come from
1: ah you were the first person to ask me that
0: <laughs>
1: yes um and, and believe it or not it's about as internet as you can get I had decided I wanted a name I initially was out looking for a name that just sounded kind of ironically bland and corporate and so I started using one of the um, name generators that are out on the internet that'll you know throw part, parts of words together and create new ones for, for your company. And I actually stumbled across one, which was CoreSpect. Core and I said it a few times and I said, I like that. Do you know what And then do you know a, what a the lot later, are? I realized that uh, you know, it was actually a combination of the two words Core and Aspect. And the core aspect of core aspect is the music, so it fit. And so I had my name. <laughs>
0: <laughs> done.
1: Done. Done and done.
0: Yeah. Cool. It's quick and easy that story.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah, it's 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 really I've really come to I've really come to like the name. I don't think that I could have come across anything else that Th- that has endeared itself to me the way that the way the Corusbeck name has, and it, it it rolls off the tongue pretty nice.
0: It does. It's a very interesting word. It's like a, it's very sharp and shiny sounding to me. Where did the mountain come from in the logo?
3: Um,
1: the uh the lettering that's used in the logo was actually created by Fiber. I had a much worse looking logo at the time. And he said, hey, do you want me to give you a hand with that? And I said, sure, let me see what you can come up with. And when I got it back, I, I said, this is perfect. And one of the things that it reminded me of was the old Capitol label. Of course, the old Capitol label, if you go back and look at some of the old records that have like the black center with the colored uh, spectrum around the end, the logo actually looks like uh, the dome of the Capitol building. And i didn't want mm. to do that originally i thought about using like uh maybe a silhouette of uh helios but then i thought that was too pretentious and then i thought about the paramount logo i thought yeah i like that mountain i'm gonna steal that and so i added it and added the stars and that's oh, the star- the- <laughs>
0: <laughs> damn yeah i see it i see it now <laughs> well i'll never tell <laughs> <laughs> oh man so yeah Fiber he is that's he did the lettering for you what a guy he is the bomb man shout out to him check out his stuff if you haven't I did a podcast with him and EVXE that's what I call him I don't know I ask him how to say it in the podcast and I still don't even know but yeah that's the Essential A E S S Essential Future Funk Show great podcast check it out and uh yeah quick quick plug there sorry Um, So what's the process that you kind of go through when um, choosing who to release on your record label now that you're kind of um, established?
1: Um, I think at this point I'm starting to favor a bit more material that doesn't sample quite as much. Um, mostly because, you know, the label is now starting to get a little bit of visibility. I, I still don't foresee any problems where, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a micro label. I mean, it's, I, I don't, I don't harbor any delusions that it's anything major. It's a, it's a home-based business. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't foresee a problem in, in, you know, any of the releases, but I, I do think I would like to move a little bit more toward more original material. Uh, that's not to say that I'm, I'm, I'm not going to continue to relate, you know, I'm not going to release sample-based future funk, of course, you know, that's, that's, that's a, that's a staple. Um, but uh, I mean, a lot of times it just comes down to um, sitting down um, possibly with something, you know, a, a nice evening beverage and giving a release a listen to from beginning to end and it's really, it's really hard for me to say no to somebody that I know is trying really hard, but I like to try to encourage, you know, or if I, if I say, you know, I don't quite think that this is ready yet. Um, you know, um, maybe you could work with it a bit more. Maybe you could collaborate with somebody on something, but, you know, I, I, I haven't, I haven't had to do that too much, but it's one of the things I don't want to, I don't want to discourage. I don't want to discourage an upcoming um, future funk artist. Um, But I do think that there, uh, you know, there's, there, there is a, there is a bit of time between, you know, coming up with an, a a concept and, 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 you know, working it through to completion. And you can tell when you hear an album, you know, a a lot of times how, um, you know, how much effort was put into creating a, A cohesive package if that makes sense
0: for sure i think about that all the time
1: yeah but uh but yeah there's there's been there's been there's been a lot of really good stuff that's come through one problem that i have had and i'm I'm glad i just remembered this it's um you know because of my age um i i i have to take a step uh whereas if an artist is under the age of 18 uh, i do need to reach out to a parent or a guardian and make sure that they're aware of me uh exchange my contact information it's just it's just an uh an extra level of security for the artist as well as the parent and for the label Um, but there have been a couple of uh, really really good albums that i unfortunately had to pass on because and it breaks my heart that i hear this so often but there are so many artists in the future funk community whose parents neither understand or support, um, the art that they're, uh, that their son or daughter are creating. And that just makes me so sad. And it makes me even sadder when I have to say, I'm really sorry if one of them could just say, yeah, I'm okay with it. I could do it, but unfortunately I can't. And that's really the hardest thing that I've had to do so far with the label because they were such, they were such good albums and they would have done incredibly well.
0: Well, hopefully someday soon uh, their parents, you know, start to understand and uh, let them actually put it out. Cause if it's, if the work is that good, then people need to hear it.
1: Yeah. And, and I still think that it, it seems like we've become kind of a society where the arts are undervalued. And so if you have, you know, if you, if somebody has a child who's an accomplished writer or an accomplished poet or an accomplished artist, if they, you know, if they sell commissions online or if they're, you know, there, there's still a lot of, there's still a lot of parents who think that those aren't viable, you know, forms of, of, of work because that's exactly what they are. And I, I, I was fortunate enough to have been raised by, parents who didn't really try to rain on my dreams too much.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, you know, they, even if they didn't like what I had put together musically or or whatever, they'd at least give it a listen and say, you know, that was, that was interesting. (laughs) So it just, um, I, I I personally can't understand how any parent would not be thrilled to find out that their child has a talent (laughs) that doesn't compute with me at all. And that's, it's it. And that's what make. I mean, that's what makes it incredibly difficult because I, I kind of want to go to these parents and say, Hey, you have a talent here and you don't even notice. Yeah. Um, you know, of course that's not my place, but you know, in a perfect world, that's what I'd like to be able to do say, Hey, you know, you, you, you've got, you've got, you've got an artist under your roof. Um, you know, don't clip their wings, you know, help them, help them fly.
0: Yeah. Oh, exactly. I and mean,
1: arts are arts are essential. I mean, they're they're as essential as as food and water.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, who doesn't consume art? Exactly. You know, it's music or films or fucking paintings, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Well, hopefully they don't get discouraged by that and uh, keep making amazing digital music. And uh, maybe they'll t- turn eighteen soon. Who knows?
1: Yeah, I was just gonna say, um, if you're out there and you know who you are and you've turned 18, get in touch with me. Yeah. We gotta we gotta release the foot out. Yeah. So yeah.
0: <laughs> nice. How often do you expect to or do you plan to release uh physicals? Because every record you release has a physical, right? Uh
1: every yeah, everything that I've released so far, with the exception of um Melanade EP. Um, oh, there's yeah. been a physical form. There's been there's been a physical form of of you know one format or the other. There's yeah there's a physical for it.
0: Yeah, big fan of your work, man. You make some great stuff. Okay. And how do, how do you how does the artwork? You were talking about it a little bit. So you help design it sometimes. Uh, who actually kind of prints it out and cuts it and puts it in the in the cassette uh, case? Oh
1: well, I I decided early on that i didn't want to um i didn't i I didn't trust my own personal equipment enough to use it for replication so um i did some searching around and uh, i'd had several people that had told me about uh, duplication.ca which is also in canada yeah and And so they, uh, they were where I went for the first release and I was so happy with it that I just continued to keep using them. But yeah, um, I, I have to admit, I don't do any of the, I don't do any of the cutting or printing myself, but, uh, you know, on the upside, it is all printed on, on professional equipment. And, and I, you know, that, that kind of, kind kind of, for me goes back to the, uh, something I, I might've been speaking to you before we uh, started the podcast, but if I I set myself a rule that I wasn't going to cut corners and if I had to cut corners to release something, I'd prefer not to, uh, at least not until I I could afford it. And um, so they are one of the only places I know that uh, offer uh, the ferret, what they call the ferret cobalt um, blend of, uh, chrome tape, which makes it a a high bias tape that can be played on any equipment. Uh, a lot of the a lot of a lot of the better labels in in the uh, late '80s, early '90s uh, used it, and so I thought it was just it's just one one more little quality bump um, in in the product. Because um, nice, yeah, and the cassettes of the cassettes, in my opinion, have all turned out. I mean, fantastic! They they do excellent work.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, I was kind of asking about the art. So, do they do the art too? Like, they cut that shit out? I don't know how they do it.
1: Oh, okay. Well, you submit uh, when the art it to, to them. To design, yeah, we submit the art to them. They provide a template, and from the template, um, you know, we uh, build build the art into that, and then uh, supply them with those files, and then from there, they they go and print. Uh, the j cards or the you know cassette labels or the um or the lp labels um but yeah it's all it's all um photoshop work done in house um on some releases the artist chooses to uh take the reins of the of the the layout and design and um 810 deluxe is a is a perfect example of that 100% of the artwork inside and out is all done by uh, is all done by fiber nice on the other hand i do come across artists that will provide me with a phenomenal release uh, and and they'll say i'm not real good at graphics or i don't know what i want Mm -hmm. and so in that case i'll sit down in an evening and i'll work out a couple of uh, a couple of variant mock-ups and supply those and say you know what do you think of these and um I've even had a couple of artists, for instance, uh, Silverella, which is a fantastic album and y'all should get it. But, um, he had, yeah, he had, great, yeah, he had really no idea of how he wanted the artwork to look. And initially my, my first design was, I was just kind of go with the you know, tr- traditional, you know, aesthetic thing. And then I thought, I want to take this and do something completely different. And so I was going through looking for a lot of, travel related artwork because the album kind of sounds to me like it almost sounds like the soundtrack to a springtime romance, like something that would happen, um, on a vacation. And so if, if you have the album and you've wondered, you know, what does all this artwork mean? It, it, to me, I was just trying to create sort of a, a, a collection of images related to, uh, romance and travel and so i sent it back to him i said what do you think and he said this is fantastic go ahead and work with it and so i sent it off and um, i was really happy with how it turned out
0: yeah it looks nice the cover and the, the music is great too it's uh it's a very interesting sound like some a lot of different sounding songs on the tape
1: yeah it was uh initially that was going to be an avant release um but i thought i thought that the fan base was probably close enough and so I went ahead and, yeah. t- and took a chance yeah and actually um i actually released that um if you have the tape you'll notice that there's another logo next to Coruspec. that's pum clap and that's one of his digital labels in paris so, um, you know, I made I made sure to give a shout out to them and also on the, um, on the inside cover, I give a shout out to artsy because had it not been for artsy, I never would have heard Silverella, and If I hadn't heard Silverella, then that tape would not exist.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Artsy has been doing some great work for a long time.
1: Yeah. Artsy is where I actually heard. Um, I actually heard mode by, um, by Ev for the first time. Yeah. And, uh, I played it about eight or 10 times. And, uh, so, I mean, uh, again, I can, I could just as easily say that, you know, had it not been for artsy, uh, I may not have released remember. So, I mean, artsy artsy, I am, I'm, I'm really indebted to artsy for pointing me, not only pointing me in the, in the direction of music that I would you know appreciate, but also music that I can help artists put out.
0: Yeah. Shout out to them. Shout out
1: to Artsy. Love you, Breezy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I actually saw the Silverella tape at dupe shop. Like the physical oh, location. You did? Yeah. Oh, nice. And uh reflex reference too. Yeah, that's something something I've
1: started doing is I'm I'm now running five over any run that I do. And then I put those on consignment at the dupe shop. So going forward, you should be able to find. Uh, every every release and every re-release should be available at the dupe shop
0: nice yeah what a gr- what a shit, great though. company man like what would we do without them
1: <laughs> you know oh i know i mean how many how many labels would actually open up a record store for the artists and the records they press. I mean, when I when I heard about that, I thought, that's incredibly cool. I can't wait to get back to Vancouver and check them out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's one right near my place in Toronto, actually. I go there all the time. They have a vinyl, like a press in there and you can watch them do it and shit.
1: Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely have to get back.
0: It's crazy you guys have nothing in the States. Like, isn't there some logistical problems with having to ship? from canada down everywhere
1: no because of nafta nafta i mean in this case nafta works to uh a small labels benefit because there's no there's no import duties whatsoever and there's also no sales tax so that helps bring the per unit cost down which helps keep the the price of the of the product down
0: mm. good old north american free trade and they're just and they're just really great people to work with.
1: i still I, I i dm the um social media manager from duplication every so often. And it's, they're really, they're really great people to work with.
0: Let's uh, talk about some of the other records you have on the, on the label. Unibeat is Origins record.
1: Yes. I was, I was so thrilled to, to put that out. And I was shocked really. And I'm happy now to see that there's already two more Unibeat uh, releases coming out, uh, one on Lucid Shores, and I apologize for. Uh, might be vape tapes. I'm not sure, but there's two more coming out. But yeah, at the time, I thought, um, you know, this is really a tragedy because he's such he's such a phenomenal talent, and he's kind of uh, he 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 gets some well deserved hero worship from some of the bigger names in the scene, and yet he's a very uh, very. I want to say ego-free person. I have not detected an ounce of ego in the man. He just loves to make music, and uh, you know, if you're, you know, when I contacted him, he said it's like, sure, that's great. And so when I talked to him about the profit sharing, um, you know, he said, no, that's fine. Just use the, the the money for the label. Well, my my ethics won't allow me to do that. But wow.
0: What a guy! He's
1: just, yeah, he's just he's just a giving person. He's just a very selfless person, and and you know most of all to him, he's not looking to build a career. He makes music because he likes to. It's his hobby, and he's incredibly good at it. And he's got some fans among some big names. And yeah, I was checking out so, his yeah, yeah, releasing that was was fantastic because the first time I sat down and listed listened to the um, expanded version that he did for the album, I was just Blown away by what I I refer to as like the second wall of sound. He can just take sound and make it so incredibly big. Yeah, that and it's it's it, it's almost overwhelming, but at the same time, it's kind of a rush because it's just there's just there's just there's not that many artists that can that can create that much sound in your face and still make it sound incredibly good.
0: Mm-hmm. I was just gonna, I was just thinking like when you hear one of his. Works, you can tell it's his, even if you don't yes. know. Like if they don't tell you, you can kind of tell, which is awesome.
1: Yeah, he has a, yeah, he has a very distinctive style. And I don't know if you noticed it, but uh, on the Contrast album, the collab that um, Pad did with, with EV.EXI uh, has a very distinctive EV-EXI sound to it. it there, there's, there's, there's something yeah. to it where... If you had not heard it before, but you knew who he was, you'd know exactly who one, at least one of the artists was on the release.
0: And mm-hmm. uh, didn't you put but, out uh, the mini disc for that?
1: Uh, I am actually going. Um, actually, I need to check because I know that there's. There there's been a couple other labels that have been talking with them and I don't want to I don't want to step on their toes. I haven't put out a mini disc yet but I want to. I want to put out an I want to put out an even more expanded edish, edition of Origins on mini
0: disc. And I I, I do you. have it
1: in the back of my head.
0: Oh no, it was that, my it was my pet flamingo, sorry.
1: Uh, my pet flamingo did Origin? Did an Origins mini disc or was that the, Oh the Contrast mini Contrast. disc? I'm sorry. I was on a uh, Yeah. Yeah, they, <laughs> they 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 released that um, I'm doing the vinyl and the cassettes and, um, we both have, if you happen to, if you happen to look at both, both releases, um, when they're both out, they both have, uh, Corus Beck's logo and my pet flamingo. I think, I, you know, I think labels working together, labels working together is everything. Yeah, man. Um, and, and that's one thing I've noticed with the labels as well in this scene is like everybody, everybody seems to, to by and large work to help everybody else out. Yeah. And, but oh, oh, something that I've been talking, um, something I've been talking uh, to DMT tapes about is a possibility of uh, doing some uh, DMT tape vinyl of some of the uh, releases that people would really love to have on vinyl from DMT. And I want to do it, I want to release it as a DMT product, but distributed by Choruspect because, you know, uh, I started the label because there were a lot of artists that didn't have the ability to put releases out on their own. At the same time, there's a lot of labels that don't have the ability to put out physicals on, you know, for themselves as well. Yeah. And DMT has, I mean, they are just a it's just a library of phenomenal music, and I'd love to help uh, bring some of those releases out um, on the DMT label and. Oh, I don't know. Just bring some more out art out on on vinyl and cassette.
0: Sick, yeah. There's there's a crap ton of releases on there, man. Every once in a while, I hear one. I'm like, oh, this is freaking amazing, and I'll tweet about it. Yeah. Um. But I, I I've sent uh sent some notices
1: out on Reddit. I haven't had uh, I haven't had time to go back and actually tally up what I've what I've got so far but I'm going to do that later this week. But yeah, I think uh, I think that the 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 spirit of cooperation in this community from the artists to the labels to the fans themselves uh you know, I mean just yesterday, I believe it was, uh Fiber Lost, uh, a hard drive with a good deal of his uh source material on it on on his pro- his project material as well as his headphones, and so he put up a GoFundMe just to pay for replacing them. And I think it was like fourteen hours later, he had all the money he needed.
0: Oh damn! Yeah, nice. Yeah, that's I mean, crazy, it's a, it's a, man. A, he lost a hard drive. Fuck, I hate that.
1: Yeah, and and I mean, it was one of his. It was one of his primary work hard drives. So. Do a GoFundMe
0: for the recovery service to get the data back. <laughs>
1: Well no, actually actually it was uh he he uh he they were he he's saying that they were stolen.
0: So Oh fuck. Um yeah, yeah. they can't so, so. <laughs> Fuck nah, that sucks.
1: No, that was no, that was that was exactly my response at first to say, okay, we're gonna raise some money and do some forensic recovery, but unfortunately it's hard to do on a hard drive that you don't have.
0: Damn it, that sucks, man. Gotta back your shit up, kids. Yeah. Back your yes. shit up. Yeah.
1: Up. Everything up, especially your especially your projects.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I've lost many a few projects. There was a great hard drive crash in 2008, and a great hard drive crash in 2010, both at my apartment. Ooh. Yeah, they they were they were bad years. <laughs> <gasps> yeah, I'm a filmmaker, right? So I lost uh, lost a lot of my old movies and original footage. Oh no! Yeah. Wah, wah, whatever yeah um so you had a very interesting thing happen or you did a really interesting thing that i was a huge fan of and was able to participate in and it was uh one of my favorite things to happen in all of the community so far since i joined and that was your live stream of Melonade's. um Dream Plaza record was it? yes, that's correct, yeah, that was the funnest thing it was it was interesting, and i will
1: I will say one hundred percent that was ewan's idea that was melanade's idea, um and I kind of came in somewhat reluctantly, mostly because i I'm really bad at interviews um and so, but we went through it together and it's fun i I have to say I haven't gone back to listen to it because I can't stand the sound of my own voice. <laughs> But, but it was great and it's definitely something that I, I want to do more often now. Yeah. Um, because it, it is, it's, it, it was, a, it was a lot of fun. A lot of people got to ask, uh, you know, a, lo- a lot of interesting questions and, and, and even a couple of uncomfortable questions. And yeah, I'm, I'm starting to get out of my shell a bit as far as, as far as interviews and, 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 uh, online, uh, voice, like, uh, voice discussions and things like that.
0: You're doing um, great. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, it's 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 really funny to think that at one time, you know, at one time I was able to to um, DJ on a on a radio station, but you know, here I am, you know, cowering before a microphone, going, "Okay, what am I going to say now? That's going to make me look really, really stupid."
0: <laughs> uh, did you see that tweet from Duplication.ca? It was, "Don't send us Macintosh Plus." bootleg orders <laughs>
1: yes, I thought that was... two hundred I, 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 I was wondering how many how many people were trying to get those uh, trying to get copies of backintosh plus through to them and i I was really honestly surprised that they did a public tweet about it because um you know further down the list That's you know crazy. um there were references to well how can you you know you can you can't release bootlegs, but how can you release something with samples in it and go and just just yeah they they even said in the in the tweet it says you know we realize the new vapor wave vapor wave involves a lot of sampling and that's something we'll have to discuss at some future point so you know i don't know if it's causing problems for them uh or not i was i was i was glad to see it because that album has been exploited far too much already Mm. It's I mean it's really sad that so much of the so much of the, the drama involved in the physical versions of that album kind of take away not I mean not entirely but does detract a bit from from the the magic of the album because it is it is uh I mean it it is a a, a seminal album. It's it's not perfect but it's it's usually the imperfect, the imperfect album that inspires multitudes, you know um, you know, for instance, uh, punk rock, for instance, you know, it, it, it encouraged an entire generation of, of teenagers to go, Hey, I don't necessarily have to be talented to, uh, no, skilled, I should say, you should have at least a little bit of talent, but I don't have to be perfect at my instrument to do what I'm doing. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and I'm not, you know, and this is in no way an indictment of vectroid at all. It's, it's not, it's not an album I can just put on and, and, and have as music in the house It's something I have to be in the mood to sit down and listen to. Mm. Um, but, but yeah, it's uh, the, the bootleg thing, um, it's, it seems to be an increasingly problematic issue. Um, and you know, I really don't know what's going to happen as a result of it, but you know, when it comes when it comes down to, um, artists in this community, you know, if, if, if an artist chooses not to put out a digital edition or chooses not to release something, that should really be their, their right to say, Hey, you know, I don't want, I don't want, you know, I, I'm happy with it being digital, uh, you know, for, 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 you know, various, various reasons, or, you know, I don't want to press anymore. I mean, who knows how many copies there are of, of floral shop out on the market now. Yeah. Uh, and that's not, yeah, but, and, and, and it's not, I mean, whether or not it was an official release, um, uh, you know, I, I understand that, that there was a contract at some point, but the, profiting and the, and the bootlegging of the album is kind of, you know, has, has, has kind of dinged it up a little bit, I think in, in, in some, in for some people. Yeah. Um, I'm going on and on about this, but yeah, no. I, it was it was really, it was really surprising, um, to, to see that tweet from duplication.ca and I was kind of, ha- I was kind of happy to see it.
0: Yeah. it's funny, man. It made me chuckle. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of Twitter, you keep the twitter pretty active which is great like i was saying before definitely follow this man core he's <laughs> it's a great it's a great twitter feed man um you're retweeting the most a lot of really interesting things that that people are doing and it's it's hard to follow everybody so you know and and you post some great thoughts yourself you know it's a, it's a great little feed um and i was wondering what would you say about the sort of like reception that you've had um since you started the Twitter account and the growth of it and interacting with all these different people a lot of really young people um you know, when did you start using Twitter and how did you you know figure out how to fit in with the mold as you know as you kind of say
1: um i i've been used i've been using it kind of off and on since uh wow back when it was a a text-based service uh you know originally the yeah before really before the website there was just a um you would tweet to a number which i think it was still it was 40404 it probably still works but uh, you know, back then Twitter was kind of seen as the ability to tell a group of friends, "Hey, I'm over here tonight. You want to come over?" or "Hey, I'm doing this."
0: I didn't know that. Uh, and
1: yeah, and so I mean, if, uh, of course, when it once it went to a web-based system, that kind of made you know it, the the text-based thing go away. But I, I've been around it on a while. I've been around it a while. I've started and killed a bunch of accounts for you know whatever reason. Um, but yeah, I've been on it pretty much since the beginning. It's, 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 it's hard to, it's hard to quit. I don't think that, you know, you, you close an account and maybe a week later, you've got another one because Twitter is really the killer app of Twitter are the users. Uh, I mean, you can get on Twitter and you can have a really, really bad time. Or, uh, as, as I've experienced since it's setting up the CoreSpec account, you can have uh, an almost 100% wonderful experience. And and I honestly have to say, I haven't had any bad experiences with anyone on Twitter since I set up the the CoreSpec account, which is, which is nice. I mean, it's, it's really, I mean, it's, it's really relaxing to be able to say, you know um, you know, sometimes I'll come to the CoreSpec account when I'm at work um, just because I need a break from the stress. Cause I know there's nice people there saying fun things and you know, I can interact a little bit and then, you know, get, get back to work. So it's, it's a pick me up throughout the day. So, you know, if you see me tweeting on there, I'm, I'm you know just taking a break from the keyboard at work and uh, tapping a little something out or, or retweeting something. It it keeps me going. It keeps me, it gets me through the day.
0: Nice man. Well, that's great to hear. Yeah. I try, uh, I try to use it, but I can't, i don't know i have a lot of followers i used to be in a big not a big metal band but i've done a lot of music over the years and i used to be not obsessed but very interested in getting a following i guess you could say so i would yeah. uh i would just follow crap loads of people and based on things that i was interested in follow other people actually this is a good way to to get a following actually if you want to find more people to like your stuff based on interests. Um, go to other people's Twitters that are in the same vein of what you are doing. Maybe it's not Future Funk maybe it's uh, I don't know, freaking cooking channel on Twitter or something like that, recipes <laughs> or something you want to get a lot of people following you for your recipe, follow other reci- go to other recipe channels and see who's following them follow them, they'll follow you. And then if anyone who's inactive, just get rid of them slowly over time. And um, right. that's a good way to kind of do it quickly in spurts, um, on top of your kind of natural flow and progression of getting followers. But yeah, anyway, I can't, uh, I can't find time for it anymore. Cause I'm not really doing anything like I, all. I'm, I'm doing podcasts, which is really cool. I, like, I love these podcasts, but, uh, you know, like having a record label um, and actually things to create. um, I don't do any of those. Maybe I'll make some music someday. So, but not yet. So it's really nice to, to have you guys, you know, entertaining me all the time. I feel like I need to contribute, but
1: yeah, it's um, Twitter is a small, is a small pick me up through, through the day. Yeah. The, the account that I had previously um, it, the, the, I had way too many people on the account and it became way too political. And actually one of the reasons that I started Coruspect one of the, you know, one of the many reasons was to, you know, distract me from the state of the world, you know, give me something I could focus on that's positive and yeah, it's uh, your
0: own newsfeed, right?
1: Right. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's been nice, you know, it, it, you you can't, you can't escape politics in in the current, you know, the current world anywhere really um but it's it's nice to it's nice to have a a mostly music focused feed where you know if i can't necessarily figure out what i want to hear i can i can scroll through through my timeline you know a few times and find a link to something and just take a chance on it um yeah i mean twitter twitter can twitter can be useful if you can keep control over it because I'm always wanting to find out what things are going on, you know, as far as music goes. So I'll find myself taking my phone out a bit more than I probably should when I'm at work. Mm. Um, and yeah, cause, cause ultimately I do want to run the label as, as, as its own like self-sustaining business. So, you know, during the day I daydream about that a lot, but yeah, during the day I can't daydream too much cause, um, I need that day job right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's happening, man. We've got 100% hundred Electronicon coming up. Um, yeah. We've got uh, George Clanton. You know, he's, pe- pe- I saw a, a tweet from someone and they're playing him on the radio. Didn't, oops, sorry. In different places. You know, MTV's copying Vaporwave. Like, I don't know. It's getting huge
1: yeah i've i've talked to i've talked to one local radio station about adding him and i i haven't heard him yet and i haven't seen him on i haven't seen him on the rotation yet but i think it's i think it's just a matter of time i think i think george clanton is going to be a breakout artist i really i really do think that he's going to be he's going to be a name that's that's on a lot of lips a lot of main I, I i do think he has definite mainstream potential i think he could manage he, i think if anyone can break vaporwave into the mainstream it'll be george
0: yeah george and uh, young bay he's playing with zed right?
1: Bae. and, and skylar of course but um yeah, I, I really feel bad that I'm not going to be able to make it to electronic con. Unfortunately, it's kind of logistically impossible for me this year, uh, because I will be going to the UK, um, on the 10th of August and I'll be getting back just like a few days before electronic con. So I know I'm already going to be jet lagged and I, you know, well, plus the fact somebody, somebody very sweet did offer to sell me a ticket at the price they paid for it. And I had to sit and go, you know, can I, can I come back from, uh, an overseas flight, get myself back and, you know, get myself back in the swing of things and then hop off to New York city, um, the following weekend. And I just, I just decided I I, I couldn't do it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I really feel bad. Cause, uh, you know, I, I did miss the one in Toronto and I'm going to miss the one in the UK. Um, I'll be there after a couple weeks after it happens, but it'll just be a matter of time. I, I think this is just, I mean, these are just the, the, the first, the first stars in a constellation of, of live shows that I think
0: we have ahead of us. Yeah, exactly. And this hundred percent electronicon it's probably going to get news and uh, there's going to be a lot more shows coming. That's for sure
1: yeah, I feel really bad because uh, George Clanton was actually in Oklahoma City a couple weeks ago doing a free show. Um, oh, damn. And it was uh, yeah, it was at a place called The Opolis, which I think is partly owned by it might be partly owned by one or more members of the Flaming Lips. but they were there as part of the Norman Music Festival, um which takes place every April. And unfortunately, circumstances kept me from getting down there. And it was, I think it was only a couple of days after that, that he broke, you know, that he broke his, his leg. Mm. And I feel, real, I feel really bad because the Diopolis the is a very, very small venue. So it would have been a very, very intimate show. It would have been, I, I need to find somebody who was there. Hopefully there's some video or, or I can talk to somebody and just find out how it was. Cause I, I, I think it just had to have been outstanding.
0: Yeah. I haven't checked out any video of it. I don't know why I should
1: yeah i haven't either but uh something to put on my to do list
0: yeah so do you actually like listen to vaporwave or just the future funk like different types of vaporwave or just future funk
1: no i listen i listen to his, this is a, this is a, a question that was asked of me on the melonade um uh live stream was what was my favorite vaporwave album and at the time and, and, and kind of still now I, I do think 2014 is still one of my favorites, but I, I've had to start telling people, you know, I went from, uh, I was familiar with vaporwave before I found future funk. And for some reason it, 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 I didn't latch onto it at the time. Uh, but I was, I was definitely aware it was there and I was aware of, of certain albums, but um, you know, once, Uh, once I discovered future funk and once it really did help pull me out of the depression I was in, uh, I kind of went from, Hey, here's this new music to I'm going to start a record label. And so unfortunately, uh, you know, now there's, I mean, there's, there's so much music that I'm now going back into. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, there's, there's so much that I have yet to hear that I've, you know, that, that I've, I've, I've missed out on by not, you know, linking onto vaporwave early on and getting into it like I did. So I think right now to ask, I mean, you know, that, that question, I mean, I did, I, I answered it correctly, but at the same time, I've got a lot more listening to do. I've got a lot more, a lot more albums to appreciate yet. And, uh, and thankfully, you know, uh, I've got all the time in the world to do it.
0: Bandcamp needs a freaking desktop app, man. I hate, I hate, I hate going to all these different links and web tabs and shit. And like, you don't know. I have a billion tabs open. I'm like, which freaking tab was it? On and yeah. which window? I have a bunch of different windows. It's yeah, because yeah, there's too much stuff coming you, out. You've got so you've got so many
1: tabs open that the little the little speaker icon doesn't show on the tab anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, that happens. There's just too many windows. I'm like, I look around. I have three monitors. Each monitor has a Chrome window or multiple on them. It's kind of crazy, but just when it comes to the music, I want to know, because like, you know, I'll go on a little business trip or something. I won't really check my email on my phone too hard unless there's a release. I'm like, okay, I got to get it on my phone right now. I'll come back. I'll have like 50 Bandcamp emails and I'm like, okay, open each one, control click, open, 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 open. There's a billion and I'm playing one. I'll go do some shit. Come back. I'm like, which one... I don't know. Just give me a desktop yeah. app so I can organize it all, it's, and I don't have to use Chrome. Yeah, uh, and, and I don't
1: have to, and I and I don't have to 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 click on all the fire hydrants. Fire hydrants? <laughs> oh, the the captions on Bandcamp. Uh, oh. <laughs> a lot of when I sign in and I got to say, I had one night where I had six. I had it, it. It made me go through six of them. I was about to lose my mind.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah, you should use uh, ad block
1: bro yeah i don't know if it would uh, will it i mean the will it block i mean will it still allow you to go into bandcamp without having to to do the captcha
0: oh you're talking about logging in yes right i don't know what i was thinking we'll cut that part
1: oh no that's okay
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah it's uh, i don't well, log yeah, out the, the... so that, <laughs> i don't have that problem yeah, the
1: desktop the desktop experience really could use uh, a makeover, and and of course the one thing that we all want is gapless playback.
0: Gapless playback, repeat, give me the the option to loop records I own or play them from a thing, and just quickly <laughs> Rolodex all my thumbnails and just get like there's so much potential there. They could do something yeah, really I'm, cool.
1: Yeah, and they could, I mean, you know, why not have because, you know, anytime you buy an album on, on Bandcamp, uh, you know, there's going to be genres connected to it. So, you know, give me the ability to look according to genre or, or yeah, th- it really is. Yeah, um, sort. Sort,
0: sort a or sort, sort feature. Uh, Come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's let's uh, get a petition going. We'll get everybody <laughs> in the Vaporwave community to sign it. And chat, uh, Pad will hand it over.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll call it we'll call it mind the gap.
0: <laughs> so, what's your favorite way to experience vapor vaporwave? Ah, uh, should I say? Well, um, at you have home, a big
2: fat
1: joint. With a big fat with a big fat medicinal joint that's that's I, I i honestly have to say personally uh you know i am in a state where it's legal and so um yeah it is really my favorite way to listen to vaporwave. and
0: oh i was thinking, uh, that's amazing yeah. i was talking about like digital with a music video or the records but that's cool what, like we can kick it back oh, no, to so down. We, shall
1: we start this over <laughs> No, man, no. it's all good. No. Uh, I, and I, I think, I think it, it's safe to say, and, and again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not advocating it. I'm not speaking for or against it. It's just, it's, it's a thing. And, um, it, it's, it, it's nice. It's nice to, it's nice to listen to You know, the same thing goes with maybe, maybe a drink or maybe just, you know, having, having the, the, the windows open on an evening and, and, and letting it play that way. Um, mm. But, this
0: is morphing into a more interesting question, actually, rather than just uh, how do you play it, but what do you do? I like to, you know, like you mentioned 2814. Um, yes. Like, if it's raining out really, really hard, I have a balcony, so it just goes like straight down and you can't see like too far when it's raining really hard. Um, that's that's when I would put on the 2814. <laughs> very nice well speaking Impact. of in fact can, can can we pause right here i was about to say just for a second i'd like to pause for a moment yep. i have to pee real bad um so where where do we leave off uh, i can oh yeah i can ask you cuz i don't think you actually finished the question like with the like what you know analog or music videos oh, or analog. whatever
1: um i um if if it's if it's the music videos i generally have them on in the background i kind of keep them as a playlist i'm i'm a lot like you um in that you know you like to have have the windows open when it rains um an album that's good for me with that as well um that's not quite the same not quite the same mood but uh putting on heroes uh neo kobe during a storm is fantastic mm. um but as far as formats go, um I'm listening a lot more to cassettes now that I've got a couple of really nice um bookshelf uh cassette players in the house. Cool. Um mostly I listen to I li- mostly I listen to things on my phone. It's just it's convenient. Yeah. Um I don't listen I don't get to listen to as much music while I'm at work for the main reason that whenever music is playing my brain goes to it like a bug light like a moth to a bug light i just yeah. it, all my all my attention focuses on the music and i can't focus on anything so unfortunately i listen to a lot of audiobooks and podcasts when i'm at work just i have some something going on in the background of my head while i'm working but
0: um, for me it's kind of the opposite i can listen to like the study beats and stuff and and vaporwave sometimes but not not music i really know if i know it i'm going to sing it
1: <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I even have the problem where, uh, you know, I'll go in, when I go into a supermarket, I'm immediately aware of whatever's playing on the in-store play system. And, um, mm. uh, it's, 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 a, it's a bit, it's a bit annoying, but it's yeah, my, my, my brain, my brain, when it hears music, it just goes, okay, I'm going to pay attention to only that. So, which, which in itself is nice. Cause I mean, I, I love to listen to an album, several times in an evening and in the course of it try to listen for something i didn't hear the first time
0: nice yeah that's yeah. A, that's a, a fun little activity you can do sort of
1: yeah you know, one thing i used to do as a kid because i was a, i was a bit obsessive uh i could sit down with a with a new 45 put it on the turntable and play it let me eight to ten times in a row but each time listening to just one element of the music like one instrument or one background vocalist or you know whatever I could um to the point it. where yeah to the point where the, the the song was i mean was i mean i can i can play entire songs in my head um if a song is re-released and they've changed any part of it to try to clean it up i immediately know
0: wow <laughs> yeah that's a, a very like focused attention i don't know yeah. if everybody can do that
1: and it 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 does it does become kind of frustrating because there have been some albums that I have just I have just focus on like a laser and just almost kind of become one with the recording, and you know I'll say oh my god this is the most amazing thing ever and hand it off to somebody and they're like yeah it's okay I was playing it on the way to wherever and I find it hard to I I, I, I find it hard to use music as a distraction when I when I sit down to something. I either have headphones on or I have the speakers on at a respectable level, and it's it's a bit like I, I listen to music a lot, like going to a movie. You know, I will sit and and often close my eyes and just focus on it from beginning to end.
0: Oh wow, yeah. If I sit there and close my eyes, I'll fall asleep. I like to listen to the vaporwave. <laughs> that's the a, most, yeah, that, that's
1: that, that's that is a problem. I do I do yeah. tend to do that. But
0: uh, <laughs> you know, especially if it's a comfy chair, Touche, so. <laughs> touche. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, have you ran into any sort of challenges with Correspect or obstacles that you've had to overcome?
1: Um, there are some. There have there have been some some pretty substantial obstacles, and they've mostly been involving either logistics or quality control. And I try to, I try to manage that quietly from, from behind the scenes. Um, but when you've got, or when you've got, you know, 10 crates of records that are now coming two weeks after you've announced the street date, because there was a problem with the test pressing. And so now they have to cut another test or they have to press another test pricing, uh after, you know, recutting, whichever side was, uh, was messed up um, it mostly it just comes down to um dates and supplies like occasion like on on, on remember because remember was my dry run remember was my yeah okay learn, learn the mistakes you made here and then don't make them again and for that it was i didn't order enough mailers because i didn't expect it to sell as quickly as it did I figured okay we'll we'll get about maybe 20 or 30 out the door and then i'll go ahead and reorder so i was about a week and a half without mailers uh when it came to remember um but mostly it's just things like that as it's not um you know i i haven't run into i haven't run into too many problems you know other than money of course but then that's universal right right yeah um it's One thing I've learned, you know, I, I was thinking, uh, at one point about writing, uh, like a PDF document on how to start a small label. Mm. Um, I've kind of shelved that idea for now because I've recently started talking to Juan at AE2 and, uh, I became really fascinated with the fact that when he planned to start a label, he did all of his, he did all of his research first. Uh, he wasn't like me where I just you know dropped some dropped some dollars down on a record and said, let's make this. He actually charted everything out, had a plan when he went in, and he has got one of the best uh, distribution systems that I have come across so far. So everything that I was going to write, I'm probably going to have to wait until I can adapt Coruspect to a system that's a bit more like his uh, that will involve a lot less direct handling of uh, merchandise. I love I love packing boxes. I love when those boxes arrive, and I love when I bring them home and I start boxing them up. And then you get to about a hundred boxes, and you just want to die.
0: <laughs> yeah, how many records so, are in one of the boxes that you said you lost?
1: Uh, that one was 40, 40 Holy copies. Sh-
0: yeah. So sorry to, it to was go on no, a tangent, but
1: no, that's okay. Yeah, no, tell, yeah. That was. go ahead. Oh, I said that was uh, things like that are definitely some of the largest challenges is like, you know, just getting everything where you need it to be on the day that you say it's going to be there. Um, and minimize the number of times you have to say, I'm sorry, it's going to take a bit longer. I'm sorry. It's going to take a bit longer. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I'm trying. That's, that's the point where I want to get at. Cause right now um, you know, if if you were to come to me and say, what's, you know, give me a list of release dates because of delays and things like that, it's really hard for me to. So I want to, I want to work it to where the announcement uh, of the street date goes out, say for instance, one to two weeks before, or a couple of weeks after the product's actually here. So I can properly, you know, set a date and, you know, do the hype and the promotion around that rather than having to say, uh, it'll be here mid month or or the end of the month, maybe. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to continue to work to, to make CoreSpec better and better to uh, make things as equitable as possible, especially when it comes to shipping, especially international shipping. Uh, Some of the things that Juan was able to show me, um, It'll be, it'll be a lot easier to make records available from a distribution point in the EU or the UK for people who want to order over there. Uh, so you know, that'll, hopefully this, this should drastically reduce the amount of, of, of shipping that international customers have had to pay so far. Early on, I was actually subsidizing uh, a portion of each international uh, shipping charge just because it seemed unfair at the time they were charging me 22 dollars and so i was going ahead and, and charging 20 and eating the eating the difference but uh, since then i've been using a different shipping company that has an amazing uh deal with the postal service and it's really brought prices down so now uh, i can i can have an lp out the door to to europe where I was charging 20 and actually being charged 22, I'm actually being charged $18 and I'm charging $18. So nice. Yeah. But with this new, you know, with, with the ideas that Juan has given me and the direction that I can go there, we can bring that down a lot more
0: and I'm real excited. That's amazing. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, I don't know if it's, uh, I don't want to say a secret, but it's, uh, um, something that's accessible for everybody, but hopefully things get uh, yeah, better with so shipping I, in the future. Yeah. I'm not, I, I still haven't contacted them.
1: This is actually a fulfillment service that is um run by Warp Records called Bleep. Oh, yeah. I've heard of that. Yeah. And I, I had some, somebody recently said, you know, um, where can we get whiplash mailers in, in the UK? Well, you know, you found out that the reason that whiplash makes those wonderful mailers is because they run a fulfillment service. Mm. And so, and so the, the, the bleep service works together with the whiplash network. So when somebody places an order for something, it can look at a number of different warehouses in different parts of the world and decide, you know, and, and determine which is the, 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 cheapest way to get it there. Right.
0: Wow. That's great.
1: Yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I may have gotten some of the details wrong. I'm still kind of new with it, but it's something that I'm, I'm definitely looking into this month, um, and seeing if there's any possibility I can have it in place by the time, uh, the next LP comes out.
0: Fantastic. Um, yeah, no, that's awesome, man. Where do you think your label's vision and aesthetically, and the philosophy of it fit within the broader vaporwave community? Wow, do you that's think a it, good question. Do you think yeah, um, it's and and with Avant as well? Your other label that you started. Uh, how how recently did you start that?
1: Um, it's it's actually the the first release is coming out. Uh, I want to say the first week of. June. It's going to actually be a mini disc by an artist by the name of Seabod.
0: Dude, no way! I love Seabod. Yeah, so much. Yep, we're putting we're putting out an expanded version of Duo R on mini disc. Oh my god, amazing! I have to get a copy of that. Yeah, Seabod. He is so so nice, man. Wow, he
1: is. Yeah, he is a real. He is a really nice guy, and um, so actually. Avant will start in about two and a half weeks. It'll have its debut. And then I've got a couple other things scheduled behind that. I've got, uh, I guess what will be my, my first official vaporwave album coming up. And, uh, and also there's a, uh, there's a new Tokyo wanderer album that's uh, coming this year.
0: Oh, damn.
1: Yeah. Tokyo
0: wanderer. Okay, we we
1: we won't we won't we won't hold up any pretenses. Have you had a chance to hear it yet?
0: I I listened to it last night when you sent it to me, the whole thing.
1: Yeah. What did you think?
0: It's amazing. So I'm turning I,
1: the around now. Am <laughs> I are we
0: allowed to air this?
1: <laughs> um, well, we're not giving anything away. Yeah,
0: I guess.
2: I'm
1: going to and I'm going to talk with Tokyo Wander about possibly getting Clearance to include one, maybe two of the new tracks uh, on the show. So hopefully by the time everybody hears this, uh,
0: you'll be hearing some brand. So yeah, um, but yeah, how do you to go back to the question? Do you think you're within the future funk community and with Avant? What do you think the kind of speciality is, and do you think you have a, a niche?
1: i i honestly don't know um i know chorus Beck def- definitely is is a niche label i mean it, it has a it has a it has a core audience and it has a particular sound and style that people are 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 getting used to i mean it'll go off it'll go off the the beaten path a little bit here and there but basically it'll be chorus is kind of that is you know i see it as a trusty reliable outlet for future funk and new disco for as long as there's an interest in in putting out releases and as far as Avant goes, I I don't really know where that's going to go. Uh, it's it's kind of a pet project for me. It's you know it, it's going to be you know it's going to be things that I reach out and get. It's going to be uh, you know stuff that I hear and uh, you know reach out to the artist and go, hey, I'd like to put this out. So I I, I it, it's it may, it may succeed. It may fail, but it'll be incredibly diverse. And, um, hopefully it'll, you know, hopefully it'll do well. And hopefully it'll give, um, because I'm going to, you know, I'm going to include things like vaporwave. I'm going to include things like, um, you know, trap and lo-fi and experimental. And, you know, if I find some, if I find something industrial that I want to put out, I definitely would put that out. I mean, that's, it's, it's just going to kind of be a, a a canvas of sorts for me that I can kind of paint with music that I, I've I've come across and and things that you know deserves a a wider audience. Mm-hmm.
2: And,
1: and, and it won't just be for that, but you know, there's there's a lot of artists that I've wanted to release in the vaporwave community that I that I felt like it it might kind of split. It might kind of split CoreSpec up a little bit, and so I just decided to just go ahead and split it myself. And so it'll be uh it'll be sort of like the verve records to my to CoreSpec CBS, let's say, or ECM, something like that.
0: Um, I think that's most of my questions here. Let me just go over everything. Uh, what do you think if you had to pre- if you were to try and predict it? the next big move in the future funk scene would be maybe with a particular type of sound, a particular artist apart from Tokyo wanderer. Cause I think that that guy is going to kill it in the future.
1: I, I actually, what I would like to see, I don't know if it will come to pass, but I'd like to see a lot of, a lot more regional flavor to future funk. I'd like to hear, um, local influences uh sampled a bit more uh i recently picked up an album and i don't have it in front of me right now but i'll i'll send you i'll send you the name and the link and you can include it in the notes if you want to but it's a it's almost a future funk's brazilian baile funk and can you, can
0: you say that again sorry it cut out a little bit
1: um i think what i would like to see uh evolve in future funk is more Local musical representation in the sense of more regional influences, uh, where you could possibly, uh, for instance, I picked up an album on Bandcamp not too long ago, and I'm not even sure how I came across it, but it's called Dimension Part Two Golden Boy Edition and I'm not quite sure how to pronounce the artist's name, but it's R-Y-L-L-E. I might be really or Riley. Okay. Um, it's, a, it's a melding of future funk and Brazilian baile funk, and it's quite interesting. It's something that takes a bit of getting used to, and so it's one of those things I worry that maybe, you know, uh, adapting a more kind of global feel. To future funk um you know i don't know if the you know the general listening public would be interested in that but it's something it's a direction i think that i could see uh future funk going kind of like how rap has become globalized and everybody has a certain type of style that in one way or another and it meshes with uh like say maybe local traditional musical culture mm. Um, you know, it's universal. And I do think that, I do think that future funk could be a, a universal music genre unto itself. If it, if it was able to to evolve a bit and kind of bring in a bit of different, uh, uh, different global music stylings um, and not yeah. quite so much straight ahead. Another thing I'd love to hear more of is, is, is a lot of more, uh traditional like 70s disco and 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 funk loops there's so much that i think could be picked up there um and i'm I've, I've been thinking about possibly uh putting up an uh on bandcamp a free download of some loops that i've come across you know if people want to just go ahead and download it and and try to work with it maybe kind of give a a, a, a maybe a, a fresher sound but um, Interesting. I'm I'm not sure. Yeah i I think it could I think it could go I think it could go a lot of places. It might you know it might it might splinter a bit in itself. And future funk might have subgenres of its own. Mm, um, it'll be really exciting. Yeah, it'll be really exciting to see though.
0: Yeah, I can't wait. I want to yeah. fast forward and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot of really great producers that are going to make a name for themselves soon. And um, if, oh, yeah. if not already, there's a whole bunch already. And yeah, yeah, you're right. It would be nice to see some influences from other parts of the world, other cultures, and their types of music infused with uh, that old French touch disco vibe.
1: Yeah. One week, um, was on the Montaigne volume two compilation is a track by Thibaut called Pina Colada. And it kind of has a little little bit of a Latin kick to it. And I love that track so much. If you've not heard it, I, I recommend you you give it a listen when you
0: can. Uh, what was it again?
1: It's called Pina Colado, and the artist is Tebow. Tebow, okay. T-B-O-W. I'm yeah, if you up. just look at the Montane Volume 2 album on Bandcamp, you'll find it. Cool. That whole album is wonderful, by the way.
0: Yeah, that's Fibers record label, right? that's correct yes Mm -hmm. mm-hmm great label yeah I'll I'll check I'll check that out I I may have heard it but we'll we'll see so um, you said you like you know regular vaporwave a lot I have two questions for you Um, why do you think people associate future funk under the vaporwave umbrella Um, you know it definitely does a lot of people would say that, but I wonder if we can explain why. Yeah.
1: That's, that's something I've thought about on more than one occasion. I'm, I'm not, I, I'm not really entirely sure where, uh, has, has anyone has, has Pat or, or anyone actually put out a, like a, say a patient zero type, uh, d- uh mini documentary on like the origin of future funk. Yeah. Um, cause yeah cuz cuz yeah that that's that's one that it's a connection I didn't immediately make until I got involved in the social media side of the uh, Vaporwave Future Funk group and and saw how much crossover there was and but yeah I've never I've never really taken the time to sit down and figure out you know how do they relate and and how you know how did how did the one come forth from the other you know how did Future Funk Evolve
0: out of vaporwave. hmm Yeah, I think about it too. I definitely think it has to do with um, subverting copyright, circumventing it. But Yeah. I don't know and lo fi hip hop as well. Like why is that vaporwave? Because when I think of vaporwave, like all the vaporwave real like uh, under the that do like classical or soft or hypnagogic, um Utopia, virtual—I think that's what it's called. Um,
1: they all—they all still sell, share a similar aesthetic, and you can kind of see where they interconnect. And so, yeah, vapor future funk kind of seems like it's this—this this sort of—I don't—I don't want to call it a mutation, but maybe in a sense it is. You know, where it's—it's it's taken. It—it uh, you know, it inspired something to cause somebody to create a new type of music based on a different set of eighties music, you know, whereas it's, you know, the, the ballads that are slowed down instead, we're going to use, you know, dance tracks, uh, dance tracks and city pop from the eighties. Um, that might, might be something, might be something deserving of, of some research. I may actually, I may actually look into that this weekend.
0: Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of people asking about it online, actually, and debating over it. (laughs) Well, right. well, here's a here's a question I don't know because I know
1: we uh, uh, most people will say that the f- first vaporwave album, you know, first quote unquote was Echo Jams. Yeah, we can kind of we can kind of concur to a large amount, you know, agree that yeah, that's that's where it really started. It's like I, one I of would five, love to go back and find one, out yeah. which album was that for Future Funk
0: that would be an interesting case study yeah
1: cuz it was it was somebody with an idea that 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 took off but you know where that would be that in fact that would be an amazing interview if we could find that find that or find that patient zero and ask them you know what 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 made you, you know what made you come up with this wonderful thing that everybody loves
0: <laughs> yeah i wonder man cuz I don't know if it would even beam across.
1: Yeah, and it's uh, you know it could be it could be the you know that they you know they do say that there there's that um, there's a name for it where you know several people come up with these same idea at roughly the same time in different places. You know, mm-hmm. could it possibly have been something like that? Could could possibly two releases have come out that? You know spark things so yeah i think i think i'm gonna get online this weekend i've got a i've got a three-day weekend so i've got a little extra time and uh you've piqued my curiosity and i i I need to have it sated now
0: Mm -hmm. i think like i don't know if it was macross like the first the first artists i don't know the first ones i ever heard was probably macross right um super sex young bay kind of um so maybe it was like Keats Collective started it but I think it had to happen before that. I don't know. If you know, let us know on Twitter. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> two, two curious people here and
1: probably another few hundred listening.
0: Yeah. And like who called it future funk? Who was the first person yeah. to call it that?
1: Yeah, cuz I actually somewhere on somewhere my bookshelf. Yeah, somewhere on my bookshelf I actually have i have a mimeograph of something that came out in the 70s it was a music trade publication on disco and it talks about precisely where you know where where disco was first called disco and i don't know it off the top of my head but i could i could put it online if anyone's interested (laughs) but yeah that Mm. would be the question it's like who coined the term who coined the term future funk and and uh you know what what made them come up with that name yeah 'Cause it's not exactly, because it's not exactly it's not exactly funk. It's it is it is more dance slash disco, but it does have a you know it has an attitude of its own. But yeah, so you know, why was it not future disco or or something like that?
0: hmm It's a mystery. No, mystery. One will no seriously though. If <laughs> you know, hit us up. Hit us up. Yeah. Um and then my my other question about Vaporwave is Do you miss anybody from the scene? Is there any artist that you miss that you'd love to hear a new record from? Oh goodness! Because a lot of people Mm. that were making records back in 2014 don't make music anymore. And I think, yeah, and I think I think I I would
1: have to, I would almost have to defer defer that question to the fact that there is so much of that old stuff that I still have yet to discover, and um, so. Most everything I most everything that I've been initially exposed to from the time I actually started the label have largely been current projects from active musicians. So I'm going to have to go back, like say for instance, back in like the, the the first you know 50 or so DMT releases, or the first 50 business casual releases, things like that, and just kind of go back a ways mm-hmm. and 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 find those artists and then. You know, at that point, see, you know, are they still active? Are they still doing things? Yeah. So that would be a question I probably answer in a couple months, maybe.
0: <laughs> True. <laughs> so, to you, what exactly is Vaporwave? It's a
1: soundtrack to an old 80s film that was never made. It's the sound of a shopping mall before they open the stores, but just <laughs> after they open the front doors.
0: I'll keep it going, man. You're taking uh, me there. It's, oh, let's see.
1: Um, God, it's, it's faded memories of mini golf in the eighties with my friends at castles and coasters in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, God, it's, it's audio art. Um, I mean, it's, The thing about it is that you know that nearly everything you're hearing comes from somewhere else but when it's done right there's you've taken those elements and you've made them your own i don't know it's just there's there is such a nebulous unfocused quality to vaporwave that Resonates well with my general outlook on life. You know, it's kind of a, it's 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 there. Sometimes it's hopeful. Sometimes it's winsome. But it's it's a it's it's a soundtrack, and 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 it's it's a soundtrack to the lives of the people who appreciate it. I don't know. I'm 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 getting probably kind of pretentious now, but. Yeah, there's it, it. It brings a lot of memories to me as somebody who is uh, a member of Gen X. Sorry, <laughs> we messed up. Um, <laughs> but um, at you know, at the same time, I do get a lot of that uh, nostalgia, especially you know, nostalgia for things '80s in Tokyo. That's something that I have no cultural, you know, I have I have no direct reference with. So I think, in the sense that vaporwave in general evokes a sense of uh kind of this weird nostalgia uh, among you know millennials and gen z whatever they're whatever they're pigeonholing the the next generations into i I do feel a bit of that um especially when it comes to the the um vaporwave with Mm. real strong asian elements yeah if that makes sense
0: I think it's my favorite answer. Yeah, I I glad you like that. to ask that episode or rather that question as much as I can. So, yeah, great answer. Yeah. Uh,
1: I at some point in my life want to DJ a future funk set at oh, a skating rink. Cool. And if I can do that, I am going to let I'm you there, know,
0: bro. I'll buy my plane ticket. So,
1: i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna bring future funk to vaporwave kicking and screaming i mean I'm, I'm I'm gonna i'm gonna get it i'm
0: gonna get it hype here so just give me a little time are you a fan of cinema Do you have any f- yes favorite directors or very films? much so maybe old ones new ones
1: oh i love i love jenna uh i love uh amelie i love uh delicatessen and there's another film that he did, and I can't think of it. I love his, I love his romanticism. I love his choice of colors. Yeah. I love the the quirky sense of humor that he employs. Just makes me so happy. It's very special. Um, yeah, so, uh,
0: let see. Emily um, used to be my favorite film for for a long time. And
1: and and, and as as Amelie is like the most uh, hopeful film in recent memory. My other director, my other favorite director is Gaspar mm-hmm. Noe. Uh and I got into him through his film I Stand Alone, which as far as French film goes, is almost the anti Amelie. It's about as nihilistic as a film
0: can get. Oh damn. Um
1: yeah, and it um it was it was the film that for a long time I used to keep uh in my car. And I'd occasionally pop into various video places and there'd always be somebody eventually who was kind of the cinematic snob uh, or somebody who was into extreme cinema. Mm-hmm. And so I'd say, have you seen this? They said, no, go ahead take it home. I'll pick it up in a couple of days. Nice.
0: That's a very and, generous. And every,
1: single time, and every single time I got it back, there were exactly two words that the person said, F you. it. <laughs> 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 It is a harsh film that by the end of the film has you feeling compassion for a loathsome human being. And it just makes you feel so dirty at the end.
0: Mm, Crazy. I'll definitely grab it. It's that
1: kind of film. I I like challenging film. I, for a while, I kind of went on a kick of um, going online and seeking out foreign films that didn't get international distribution. Oh
0: yeah. Me too, man. And, that's what I'm all about. It,
1: yeah. And so, you know, in a lot of ways, that's kind of like a, a little small travelogue Cause in a lot of ways, those films aren't designed for a global audience. And so you get a lot more local, you get a lot more local elements in it. And it, it's, it's kind of like taking a little trip. Mm-hmm. It really is. But um, yeah, foreign films, indie films, um, I'm getting more and more into, um, like older, um, older, like, uh, sixties and seventies Japanese cinema. That's something that I've, I've started to get interested in.
0: Like, uh, Os- um, Os- Os- um, Osawa, whatever his name is, not Kurosawa. What's the other guy?
1: Kurosawa. And, um, uh, oh, the, the, I'm I'm, 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 I'm completely blank when it comes to the names, but, um, I know um, there's, there's one film that I, one film I recently watched, it was called, uh, yeah, well, well actually it's a film, we'll inspired, yeah, sure. a film that inspired a band and that was uh, Godspeed, you black emperor. Oh yeah. Which, which is a film about, uh um, you know, Japanese bikers during the sixties. Mm-hmm. A cold is my, Oh, I, I've got like three quarters of a name and I don't want to anyway, but yeah, that's, <laughs> that's something that I've started to, to get interested in. Um, I've also, I've also made a couple of friends, uh, through my connections to the vaporwave community hello azuma uh who i basically talk to incessantly in dm about films throughout the day oh nice yeah and um and I've, I've been introduced to some films i didn't even know about um some really good ones um one that i one that i was recently recommended was a 1995 uk um police drama about uh, a group of officers going undercover uh uh, to infiltrate, uh, uh, the leaders of a skinhead movement among a, a local football team. Okay. And yeah. And, and I don't want to say too much about it. It's one of those films where if you like cop dramas and you like psychological dramas, it's one I'll recommend, but I'll, I'll, I'll say in, at the beginning of the film, they show like the previous, uh, group of, 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 officers that had gone undercover and they were all just beaten within an inch of their lives. Uh, so i expected the film was going to end one way and it ended in a way i wasn't expecting so that's kind of why i'm putting the spoiler alert on there but if you like um if you like like uk you know uk action drama type films and films that that deal with like the psychological aspects of of of, of uh, like say for instance going undercover in something as dangerous as that it's a movie called id and uh i'm not sure where you can get it i received a copy as a gift so um
0: yeah that's a problem with foreign film a lot of them are hard to find especially if you want yeah, to if you take the legitimate yeah, route
1: right and or, or yeah and then, then the other problem is is being is actually being able to play it cuz of regional locks but true yeah um but yeah anybody who wants to recommend films to me just go ahead and send me a dm um I, I will definitely, I will definitely put them on the list to check them out.
0: Me too, actually. I, actually, I have one to recommend you. Have you? Are you a fan of David Lynch? Yes. Have you seen Inland Empire?
1: I have not yet. Good, but it's on the top of my Watch list. Watch that film.
0: If you like, I Stand Alone. It sounds kind of similar. Maybe not as uh, Inland Empire is a very cognitive film, a very challenging. It will make you think it will trip you out, okay so be prepared okay. for that <laughs> well, that's one of my favorites for sure
1: yeah I think that's I think that's the only film I haven't seen yet um i mean i've I've, I've even seen like the short films and I've seen the Rabbit series, but I think I've got them all except i think' I've, I think I've seen them all except that one so so i will I will definitely take that as a good prod and uh
0: watch it this weekend It's the best man oh do it please do I will. <laughs> Sweet. Um, yeah, that was a cool little segue. So you said you couldn't make it to 100% Electronicon or any of the other shows. Do you go to concerts in general, though? Are you, are you a fan of other types of live music?
1: I do like live music. Um, I haven't gone out to a lot of shows since my last long-term relationship, and that's that's mostly because of me sort of falling falling into a a. a daily pattern but i do love live shows i would i i definitely want to to catch as many of the um as many future funk and vaporwave performances as i can because it's a, a you know as opposed to like a normal concert these are these are people these are people i know these are people i interact with and 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 i think that element of of the music would make me would would motivate me far more to go to a show than say um you know, just a just a general show. Mm, true. I did see the Flaming Lips though once, and if you get a chance, I highly
0: recommend it. Flaming Lips, yeah, they put on a good performance. They put
1: on a fantastic performance. Um, the the one that I went to was the uh, they did a New Year's Eve freak out as a as a gift for the the hometown, and it was one of the most amazing live performances. I mean, just not only necessarily multimedia but but uh wayne coin getting into a uh, into a human habit trail and basically just riding across the top of the audience it's <laughs> uh, there's, 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 there's a lot of there's a lot of influences that pointed me toward vaporwave and i have a mixed cloud show coming up uh, to to uh document some of these but nice. i call them the song the songs that prepared me for vaporwave cool and, and so, yeah, and so I'll have that coming up, and it'll just be it'll be music that that I've adored in the past. That when you listen to it, you can say, "Yeah, I can I can hear that in there." Mm-hmm. So
0: nice, that's awesome. Well, Alan, um, that's pretty much all of my questions. But it was amazing well, having you on the show. Um,
1: oh, it's been it's been a lot of fun. It was it was a lot less anxiety inducing than I thought it would be. <laughs>
0: I hope so. Yeah, we try to keep it pretty cool around here in the private suite. Definitely. Um, well, thank you so much. This has been this has been a,
1: this has been really enjoyable, and thank you everyone for listening. And uh, I hope I made some sense in there. And I just want to let you know that I I I I love and respect you all. You guys are are you guys are keeping me alive with 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 your enthusiasm and your talent and and just your your love. So. Well, Keep doing what you're doing
0: and I will stand behind you hundred ten percent of the way nice well that's so that's awesome. yeah that's a really great community out there when you uh, when you put it out there you kind of get it back. you know what I mean
1: Yeah yeah you really do and it I mean it's with without without exception in this community so far I've seen yeah you, you send the love out you get the love right back
0: mm-hmm. for sure yeah I've been meeting a lot of people over the past few years and it's like holy cow man this is like a i didn't uh, know what i was getting into with all these connections and, <laughs> and emotions and stuff it's crazy
2: yeah absolutely and i'm just I, I i'm
0: i'm not i'm nobody really like <laughs> you know yeah i mean it, it it's a, it's an extremely
1: it's an extremely welcoming community mhm I, I don't see, you know, I don't see a lot of, I don't see a lot of clickishness, you know, and it seems like somebody, somebody who comes in, it just, it seems like the general response is, oh, you're new, you've got to hear this, check this out, you know, and 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 I love that.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's there's a lot of great um, mediums to share things on too. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, we could talk forever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I
1: could, I could, I could chew your ear off. I'm quite sure.
0: Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun, but I think we'll have to, we'll have to cut it off here. <laughs> do you have, All right. Do you have anything you want to say before we go?
1: Um, keep doing what you're doing, everybody. Um, I'm gonna come off sounding like a like an idiot, but <laughs> nah, man. This is, no. Yeah. So no, seriously, from the heart, um, you guys have saved my life. The music, the, 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 the love, everything you guys, you guys brought me back from, from, from the brink and I'm happier now than I've been in ages. And, and almost all of it is due to the music and the artists and the fans and the love and the support. So thank you.
0: Wow. No problem. (laughs) And thank you. That's a big one. Big thank you.
1: All right. Thank you for what you do too.
0: Oh yeah. Anytime. I love it. It's a lot of fun. (laughs) Can't wait to uh, right. get this episode out so everybody can hear it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, enjoy, enjoy everybody, and uh, stay tuned because there's some really, really cool stuff coming.
0: Wicked. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Hello again. I hope you enjoyed your stay in the suite today with Alan from Coruspect Records. What a nice guy! You know, just kind, selfless fellow. Definitely check him out on Twitter and check out the artists he has on his Bandcamp and his new label, Avant, with the Seabod record coming out on Minidisc very soon. I'm very excited for that. Um, the first song in the podcast today was by Silverella. He has a record on Corspect. and we're going to leave you with two songs, one by Mare and the other by Kimono Galleria. As always, definitely check out Private Suites Magazine. There's a digital version and a physical as well. You can get that on our Patreon. Check out our YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, if you want to keep up with our stuff. And as always, have a great rest of your day.